This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 600 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, September 14th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and the band is back together. I am joined by both Justin Mason and Jason Collette, both in uh, some sketchy situations for different reasons. Justin's on the DL. Well, we're not putting him on the DL because it's September, and Jason's being chased down by a hurricane. Gentlemen, how are you guys? Not bad. This is this is only happening because that one guy on Twitter said he wanted the three of us to record again, right? Well, then, no, then you want Eno? <laughs> Who? Yeah, exactly. I, didn't know really. I had to look up the guy. I had to look. I had to look him up. Uh, but no, we made it happen. Obviously, uh, Jason, you and I have not recorded in a long time. And Justin, if you've been following him on on Twitter, is uh, is dealing with some health issues. And so uh, it's always nice when a doctor gives you something. That makes you worse. That yes. that is always what you want. That that's always a key move for them. So glad you guys are both on episode six hundred. We had to make it happen. We got plenty to talk about. Got some news. It's mostly bad news. Guys uh, getting hurt, moving to the bullpen. But then we're going to talk about an interesting uh, bit for the final stretch run here. We're going to talk about some guys who are what I would call new studs. They've been good during the uh, the second half and and over the last month or so. Versus established guys who have been playing like duds in the second half. And we'll go position by position for that and kind of get your thoughts on who you just want the last couple weeks here. But let's start with some news and some really bad news, unfortunately, for Gregory Polanco. He's had shoulder surgery and uh, he's going to be out for seven to nine months now. Uh, They went in to do something with a dislocated shoulder and also had to repair his labrum. And so... It's not good. He also the interesting thing is he originally went down with a bone bruise in his left knee, and then all of a sudden the shoulder became an issue. Um, so this is not good. Gregory Polanco was not having a good season. Really turned it on in the second half. This is a guy I swear I've been touting on this show for years. I mean, J- Justin, you and I were all over him. Interestingly enough, I love when this happens when I go to a, a BRF page and it's their birthday. It's his birthday today. Sorry, it hasn't been so good for you, Happy Polanco. Happy birthday, buddy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he was having a great second half uh, after really kind of picking up. The power's been there all year. Now we're down seven to nine months. Shoulder is, is also an issue. Jason, I know you're great at assessing shoulder injuries. So how do you have feel I about ever gra- missed, Have I ever no, missed a shoulder No, injury? 100%. I nail them all. <laughs> nail them all. Seven to nine months. Obviously, this is this is a bit worrisome for uh, Polanco's futures, also because it's shoulder and the power had finally started to click. How do you feel about him next year now, Jason? And, and, and so this is different from the Matt Carpenter situation because there's actual surgery here. Right. Matt Carpenter never had the surgery. Um, you know, that's uh, as much as I like Polanco. He's not somebody that I will be targeting. I'll be fading him uh, coming into the draft seasons because seven to nine months. Let's let's be honest and lead towards the nine. Uh, Mother's Day return to action on the field. Right. So that's why I take everything that I said about Matt Carpenter last year and apply it to, to Polanco this year with the understanding that Polanco has had the surgery and that that's going to be there's a better track record of guys having the surgery and trying to come back and not doing as well at the plate than guys who have shoulder problems and all of a sudden have magical shoulder healing powers, Cardinals yep. devil magic. And 
MVP Cardinals candidate. double magic strikes again. Uh, Justin, you feeling similarly about our boy Polanco? I think I'm going to be all over Polanco. Um, you're going you're gonna to take that heavy discount then? Yeah, I'm going to take the heavy discount. And it, it the, the shoulder stuff definitely scares me. But you know what really intrigues me? In the second half, he has eight stolen bases. He was running too. I, everything was – I mean, the, the way the bottom line was going to look – uh, you know, for our touting him, we were going to look pretty good on that one because he had 23 stolen, uh, excuse me, 23 homers, 12 stolen bases. Adds another couple weeks to that. You're looking at like a a 26 15 with a 255 260 average. The average has never really been good for him. That's kind of right where he is. But I'll I'll take that with the uh, with the homers and stolen bases. So he's going to be 27 next year. Probably going to be down at least a month. Uh, of time, what kind of discount you think that's going to get you? Are you going to be talking later than the 15th round, you think, for Polanco? Uh, I think no. he was going around 10th round last year, if I'm remembering correctly. About Around pick 150 or sure. coming into this year. I think you're going to get him... Let's put this way. Even 13th, I would take him in the 15th 14th round. 14th round. Okay. okay, so if it's that, if it's that cheap, you're back in, Jason. Yes, yeah, so I, even okay. I would take him in the 15th round. I mean, to, the speed thing's a good to look back. You know, Melvin Upton Jr. had the labrum surgery after the 08 season, after the amazing postseason run. The next year, he still ran. I mean, that was he, he ran in 08, but he kept running in 09. The power, uh, there was obviously a drop off at the plate, but he kept running. And that's and that's something we can, uh, you know, we could factor in with Polanco, too, if he keeps moving. I guess 20 is the new 40 with stolen bases these days. Right. It's looking back at Upton going, oh, yeah, from 2008 to 2010, 44, 42, and 42 stolen bases, and then a 36 in 2011. Hell, 31 in 2012. And it's your pick. It is my pick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he took Turner, so he made my choice for me. I'll take Braves Harper. And we are doing the two early mocks that, uh, Mm -hmm. that Justin's running. Uh, let's let's move on though. Let's move on to another shoulder issue that's actually going to be much more problematic, and that's the shoulder surgery that Sean Manaya had, and it's likely to cost him his nineteen, his twenty nineteen yes, season. So, wh- where do we stand now, Justin, with with Sean Manaya? He's somebody obviously uh, redraft leagues out entirely, but dynasty leagues, do you go in and buy or do you fade? Do you, do you start to move away now? Because Manaya is going to be 27 next year. We're not getting into we're, we're getting past that point of saying, oh, he's young. He can still come back. It's it's becoming an issue here. And we haven't really seen I'm not sure we've seen enough to really say, let's bet on a track record and just hope he gets healthy. How do you feel about Sean Manaya now? In a dynasty league, it largely depends on the price. So if you're getting him for well, pennies on the dollar, sure, go ahead. You know, take take the shot that he can rebound. That especially if you're a rebuilding team, you're not worried too much about 2019, and the the owner who has him is a team looking to compete in 19. Yeah, go ahead and see if you can get him for five cents on the dollar. You know, for a get uh, an A ball uh, prospect. Uh, or mm-hmm. something like that, uh, and just stash him on your DL and hope for the best. I acquired him prior to this injury in a dynasty league, and it's a dynasty oh, fantastic. league where all my guys have got all my pitchers have, have apparently gotten injured uh, here in the the last uh, half of the season. So uh, it's always fun. I'm I'm pretty discouraged, and I may shop him around because I would like to try to compete in 2019, but. I don't know. I, I hate giving up assets like this, and so I'm not willing to drop him in a league that size. It's a 16-team uh, league. So, uh, But I think it, it largely depends on how many DL slots you have and, and then what the price is. Jason, Sean Manaya in long-term keeper slash dynasty leagues. Is he somebody that you're now moving from or, uh, or buying in on at, at a severe discount? So uh, the latter. I mean, when we look at... Before the season, we were joking before we got on air about I, I said my my bold prediction for the A's was was Piscotti would hit 30 home runs and he's six shy of that. Uh, but my pitching one was that Manaya would finish the year as a top 50 starting pitcher. He was gonna, trying I mean, to look he still up. might actually he still. Yeah, he might come he's close to sit it. in place now and uh, we'll see how guys go around. I'm looking on the player radar right now. Let's see. He's, he's 30. Right there with You're good. Boy. You're locked Sweet. in. He's right there with my other boy, uh, Herman Marquez. Uh, in the in dollar values right now. So that's working out. That's working out well. So believe in the talent. If I can, if I've got a couple of dollars waiting around the end of the auction in a, in a keeper league, throw $2 on them. 
Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to throw the dollar on him because somebody else will throw two. So throw two, and if somebody else wants to pay three, go ahead. I like it. I like it with that. Yeah, That's Shamanaya. The only thing you got to be worried like this turns into a Kelvin uh, Escobar situation where oh. he just never. You know, he has these amazing. Well, obviously, Maya hasn't had the amazing seasons, but. You know, for those who don't remember, Escobar had amazing seasons. I loved Calvin shoulder, Escobar. Shoulder but, problem yeah. and never returned. But Escobar lived and died off his fastball. Sure. Without it, he was, and that's the that's the difference. Is, is Manaya doesn't have to have the he doesn't have to have all that velocity. Obviously, we saw the issue last year in the second half where he lost velocity. And everything fell off for him, um, and he had a little bit of that this year before uh, before this uh, as well. But in the first half, when we saw everything working together, you know, he can throw three, four pitches, and he's fine. So I. Um, any anytime you got a, show, a pitcher having shoulder surgery, there's concern about their comeback, which is why I'm not. I, I'll take him back on my roster, but at a, at a discount, especially if I have to keep him. Uh, depending on roster rules, if, like if it's a seven man reserve bench and I don't have a disabled list, I'm going to keep him around. But if, if the going gets tough, I'm going to end up cutting him. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That's Sean Mania. Uh, let's move on to a little bit more positive news, or, or perhaps positive if, if the Angels can get it done. They're looking to make a lifetime offer to uh, to Mike Trout, which obviously makes sense. They want to uh, get a situation where they can lock him in. Things haven't gone as well as they'd they'd hoped with him. They've tried a few different things. They had a good team this year that really was ravaged by injuries. Jason, what, what what's the likelihood of this happening as far as you're concerned with Mike Trout becoming a lifetime Angel, or at least getting a, a another long-term experience? extension with them near zero oh wow you don't buy why it at all he? why would he why not i mean he's, I mean, he's 27 now his contract runs through 2020 so we're looking at he would be hitting free agency uh what 29 29, 29 yeah going into his 29th season yes yeah. so like is he gonna get a 10-year contract then if he can get a 10-year contract well, he is hmm I mean, yeah, somebody I will give it to him. Yeah, yes. somebody will. But, I mean, if he can get the 10-year contract now and not have to worry about uh, the, you know, the chances of, of injuries happening. Sure. Um, you know, or something happening with, you know, the, the state of Major League Baseball where they can't give out these huge, massive deals. If he can get 10 years, $400 million, like, why wouldn't he do that? Yeah. When's his current contract runs out again? It, it goes, he goes through go 2020, to, so he'll be going into his age 29 season, coming off of three straight years of 34 mil. All right, so my question about why Woody, East Coast guy, I can't imagine an East Coast guy living on the West Coast or playing on the West Coast his entire life. That's I mean, the only knows one thing. He, he, that, I mean, body. he's a yes. homebody as hell. He, I think he would love to be in Philly, but. And he loves weather. Yeah, he does love weather. He likes uh, he likes alternating weather. He doesn't yeah. want nice weather all the time. He wants to study. He would love to be where Jason is right now, chasing the the hurricane. Right, right. So I mean, he doesn't want one season. But in in all seriousness, he's an East Coast guy. If he hit the open market, he's gonna pull in four hundred million. Baseball, even with a new bargaining agreement, there's money keeps going up and up and up and up and up. Uh, and it almost seems like when you look at Philadelphia. Last time I checked their payroll, it's looking pretty sweet uh, yeah. for there. I mean, they they are clearly looking to make a run um, at him. I'm going to pull it up because I remember having this conversation it's, yeah, with, no, a, it's with a friend, they, but it's no, ridiculously it's, low. They're an obvious fit because I think again, after 2020, they only have ARB contracts or something like that. Yeah, they they don't really have anything. Uh, Odubel Herrera would make. Here, I've got it. 2020, they've got 51 million dollars committed on the books. 51 million. If that's half. If that's less than angel, half of what they have committed this year. If you're the well, Angels, do you give him? Do you do you try to give him uh, five hundred million dollars for ten years? Like, no, didn't they learn a mistake with Albert Pujols? I mean, they, I, that was different a different player, point. though. The, the, but I here's mean, the thing: the Angels. By the point with him, their farm system is still terrible. And uh, yeah, no, well, it's not. Do it's, I want it's to actually it's pretty improving. good now. It's improving. It's improving, but it's, I would say it's still a bottom half farm system. No, I think it's a top. I think it's easily a top half system. It's uh, I. They've done a really, really good job turning that uh, turning that around. Mm. Okay, I was trying to find just see, find the farm system rankings. rankings. I feel like they're a, they're in the fifty to twenty range, and what do they have to make it better? I will say Epler's done a good job. Really trying to uh, to push Anybody that organization. Can do a job placing Depoto. Well, I mean, Depoto trades everything that, that isn't nailed down here. Um, let me see here. I don't have one 
from uh, from a, a true prospect site here, but I'm I'm fi- I'm finding where they're ranking on this one that I did find here because it was a, a second half update. Yeah, uh, ML MILB.com gave him an A grade for their farm system yeah. uh, halfway through the season. Bleacher Report has him at 12th. With, They've got uh, Joe, Joe, Joe Adele, who's going to be, if not already, yeah, a top stud. 10 prospect. Brandon right. Marsh has been very, very good. J- Jamani Jones is a Taylor guy Ward. that isn't like necessarily a world beater, but he's going to be a pretty good second baseman. Uh, be more more fun for fantasy. Um, and then they got a bunch of other kind of interesting uh, lower end guys. I, they've got a pretty decent farm system actually now, and so I think that the, the question is, do they release Albert Pujols next year? Yeah, because uh, especially if Otani has to play full season, uh, but if he but if he's full season locked into hitting, I think Otani plays the outfield at that. I point. guess I'm punishing. I mean, when when you look at the overall state of the Angels roster, though. I mean, if he's going to look back at it, do I really want to spend the next twelve years here? I mean, that's going to be that's going to be Trout's choice for sure. By the way, we were talking about what they have twenty twenty. It they'd be getting Trout for twenty twenty one in Philly, in which case they have a whopping fifteen mil locked in. It's basically Odubel Herrera and Kingery, and that's it. And so, I mean, they they are wide open for that time. And they have a top. They have a top six to eight team farm system. Well, they've certainly uh, they're certainly bringing in young talent as well. They have their established A's. They're they're in a uh, green arrow upward situation. So we'll see if it happens. Obviously, that's something that they're going to look to do. Everyone wants them to trade Trout. Of course, they want to keep him. It makes sense. I I don't blame them. No, I don't think you can either. I don't blame them for wanting. You could if you want to rebuild your entire system. I mean, if you if you want to take that, I don't know if you could ever get enough. I I don't think you could ever get enough for him. You would. Damage your fan base to the point that I mean, trading away a player like you know an icon player like that, a generational talent like that, it's just, I mean, uh, I I think that I think it hurts your fan base. I think that's the reason why the Nationals didn't trade away Harper, uh, even though they know they're not going to get him back in free agency. I just I I they don't might get see... him. By the way, I give them a decent chance really? to. You think so? Yeah, yeah. I think that I think they have a, I think, I they think have they have a real shot. It, but a real shot. Was... Only so many teams I can. Only so many teams that can pay him. I don't know. I guess I'm jaded. I'm the guy who cheers for the name on the front of the jersey, not the back. I don't care. Um, you know, my 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 franchise traded their their uh, the face of the franchise this year and got better. So, well, you guys had to get rid of a word in your name to save money because printing devil. Yes, was we did. Saving, hey, it was, every you know, every many, uh, letter, every letter yeah. is a is a is a cost. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be Tampa Bay Ray next year just to save those. Tampa Bay R's. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let, let's move on. Hey, don't on. forget. Actually, Stu Sternberg wanted to call him the starting nine, so maybe just put the number nine on the jersey, and there That's you go. You save name. You, I actually like that. The starting nine. That is pretty good. Um, you know what's actually pretty good that I, I don't know that everyone realizes. Whit Merrifield leads the American League with thirty six stolen bases. I just wanted to I highlight that because I'm I'm kind two of hit two hit wit man. He's, he's He's too too legit to wit. Okay, I'm gonna leave. I'm never coming back. Um, but you know, he's kind of panned out pretty nicely. He led the AL last year with 34. This year he's got 36. The power hasn't fully stayed. He had 19 homers last year. He has 12. And actually, uh, he has one more plate appearance. So you're really comparing apples to apples for his two seasons. And so and you've given back serious two regression runs, too, right? 80 to 78. Uh, seven homers, 19 to 12, but you've gained two steals. You've gained uh, 14 points of batting average, 288 to 302. The on base is way up, 324 to 367. And a little bit of the slug has dropped off, 25 points from 460 to 435. Bottom line is Whit Merrifield uh, has panned out. He was a breakout from last year that absolutely has panned out uh, and didn't cost a whole lot because not everyone really bought in on, on Whit Merrifield. So I got to say, I'm pretty impressed with him. How do you guys feel about him next year? Jason, let's start with you. Uh, can I can I bring up the embarrassing story where I, where I had one dollar? I, I had one roster spot left in my AL home league last year, and I spent $19 on Whit Merrifield because I didn't want to walk away from the table with $18. I mean, it ended up being and, worth it, and though, then right? I traded him. Oh, it ended up being worth it, but I ended up trading him like six weeks later. Oh no! What'd you get? So I could have had a keeper. I could have had this guy as a keeper for one dollar. I forgot what I got, but I could have had him as a keeper for one dollar in this league. Yeah, <laughs> instead of this. But, yeah, it's just. I mean, seriously, the the two hit whip thing. It seems like he always has two hits in a baseball game, but when he's yeah. on base, he's running. Uh, and that's the great. I'm, I've I've been watching Malik Smith try to keep up with him, but every time Malik steals one, Whit steals two. 
It's been really impressive, and um, he's nearly doubled his walk rate from 5% to 9%. You love to see that. That's been a big part of the uh, the OBP surge. Justin, is he someone that you'll buy in at at age 30 after two big seasons in a row with 35, or excuse me, 30-plus uh, stolen bases because it was 34, then 36? I think it's going to largely depend on the price. Uh, I'm interested to see where he goes in these mocks. I still think he'll be relatively cheap compared to what he does. That's, that's the thing. Like, I think... I think in these mocks he's going to be cheaper than he should be, but I mean, sh- at this point, shouldn't he be about a second round pick with the amount of I mean, bases he's got? I don't know that I would feel comfortable with that. Probably on on raw uh, on exactly what he's done. Yes, mm-hmm. what you're saying, you know, two two years in a row of thirty plus stolen bases with some some mm-hmm. tangible pop. Um, and he's, I mean, and, made changes at the plate. Like he, he's he's swinging outside the zone less. He's swinging yeah. less in general, which is you know counts for the OBP uh, upticks. I think this is you've got to say it's legitimate that he's a you know a, a 10 to 12 homer guy and a 30 plus stolen base guy and that he's going to do it with a, a good average so i mean isn't that what we wanted out of well it's kind of like mini trey turner i, feel I like, also trade him i also trade him i feel like you could get him in the like fifth round too i just don't think he's going to be that expensive no, that's a steal in the fifth round i i agree i i'm just going to be really interested to see where whit merrifield goes because i don't think many I think people I would start targeting him in the third but if you get him in the fifth that's i mean an absolute steal yeah it, it is let's talk about a couple pitchers uh with some bad news coming their way alex wood's going to move to the bullpen we know the carousel that is the the dodgers rotation you know something could happen and he'll be back in later but you know he's a guy that that a lot of teams are relying on he's in he's in the middle of their rotation he's had a solid season 365 era 122 whip uh with 131 strikeouts and 148 innings he's gonna go to the bullpen justin how do you feel now about uh, alex wood he feels like he might be a cut in some uh in some shallower mix leagues let's say 12 10 and 12 teams i think he is i think you gotta cut him uh, at this point, there is no shame in in cutting anybody. So, yep. uh, and Alex Wood is on, I guess, top of that list at this point. Um, remember that dynasty league I was telling you about? Yep, I got Alex Wood in that list. <laughs> so. Hey, Justin, could you just tell us who else you have in the league? So well, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about up? another guy next. So, okay, just second. Um, I, I just pulled up my roster and uh, on that, and that's uh, it. Went from a really amazing pitching staff uh, to uh, uh, just shambles. So, but anyways, yeah, I think you got to cut him for uh, for the rest of this year. But he's another guy that I'll be looking to buy in on next season because I don't think the price is going to be uh, very high. And I think you're getting a very good, uh, pretty solid uh, pitcher uh, at, at the price. So, yeah, Alex Wood really has been has been pretty good. And um, you know, again, following up last year's big breakout with a with a pretty solid season. Just uh, Jason, I assume you're you're in lockstep there of cutting him because uh, it's just hard to hold on to a guy who's going to be basically a middle reliever. I mean, they, they've myated him. <clears throat> That's correct. I mean, you know, I was I was not high on on him coming into the season. I was worried Same. about the declining velocity. I mean, across the board, you look at him month by month, and his velocity went down, down, down. I said uh, my bold prediction was that he would finish outside the top sixty this year. Uh, at starting pitcher. Now I don't know exactly where he where he is, but I believe he's below Manaya. Oh, um, yeah, let me see. On the player rating, where is he on the player rating? Let's see where Wood ranks. Uh, he's not in the top fifty because I had I did control fine there. Is he uh, sixty one? Ooh, you're perfect right now. Boom! You, you need Jose Quintana not to fall back. And, and, I've done, and I've done so well in my bold predictions this year. You would think I would win one of these goddamn leagues this year, but no. Oh, alas. God, Alas. Uh, yeah, so the, the, it's frustrating. Um, you you kind of look and, and you see what they've got. They're going to be riding with uh, Kershaw, Ryu, Bueller, Hill, and Stripling then. I guess that's the five that they're rocking. And they do have an off day next week, so that makes it easier to, to kind of do this with Wood. And it's a bummer, but I think you got to move on from him because uh, as a reliever, I just don't know that he's going to offer enough Ks to even even be useful. You'll have to move on. Uh, another guy. The that, velocity hasn't gotten any better. You look at his you look at his his game log, and the velocity is just the same. Last year it went down every month. This year in the first half, it it plateaued from where it left off, and then it dropped off again. Yeah, he never really got back to that big velocity that he had last year. So that's Alex Wood. 
Another guy who's dealing with some situation right now. He's not getting moved to the bullpen, but uh, James Paxton has a form of pneumonia right now. And so he's been pushed back. He was supposed to go tonight. Now they're pushing him back. Right now I see tentatively scheduled for next Wednesday, which is at Houston. Um, if they push him beyond that, they have an off day Thursday, and then, then they could get him into the tech series at Texas for the weekend. But uh, James Paxton, Jason, this is kind of a bummer. You, you're looking to get as many starts as you can out of your aces down the stretch here, and, and you're missing one uh, against a, a certainly beatable Angels roster. Of course, they have Trout and, and Otani, but it's not like a terrifying lineup. You need Paxton out there. With this pneumonia, do you, I, I feel like you just got to wait it out, but how do you feel about this uh, situation with him? Justin, what did you do to James Paxton? I don't know. I, I rostered him on my Dynasty League team. How dare you? This is this is getting ridiculous. I mean, I went from a roster of McCullers, Manaya, Garrett Richards, Trevor Bauer, Alex Wood, James Paxton, and now I have, I mean, a fantastic Kyle Gibson, but Kyle Gibson is my number one, and Brett Anderson is my number two, only because he wow. just came off the DL. I mean, <laughs> hey, I, is Edwin Jackson your number three? I'm literally rostering Jason Vargas right now. I mean, this is it's He's been really weirdly gone. pitching well, by the way. Well, that's why I'm doing it. So, but and Andrew Suarez. So, I mean, like this this is really oh gone downhill very very fast for me. Boy, One of the things that struck out with me about Paxton, I was this is when I was uh, working on something with Dylan, uh, writing an article with Dylan Bundy the other day, and looking, you know, baseball prospectus has a command score. They've been trying to quantify a pitcher's command, the ability to command the to locate within the strike zone. James Paxton has the lowest score of all qualified starting pitchers this year at twenty five. Wow, what is? I was uh, surprised. I mean, the like the median hundred average. Okay, okay. No, oh, it'd be the highest when I go to the highest. The highest is sixty four, which is Klubot, and sixty three Degrom, and there's my boy Mike Fire sixty two. But yeah, twenty five James Paxton, and I guess it makes sense when you watch him pitch. I mean, it comes home, it comes plateward, but he's not exactly a command monster. He's got good control, but command within the zone eh. i mean it was part of my it was the premise of my article about bundy because you look at bundy his strikeout rates are up his walk rates are down but he still is giving up a crap ton of home runs because he if you watch him pitch just watch the catcher he cannot hit his spot on a consistent basis and goes back to the old adage of a lot of home runs are pitched rather than hit yep no that's really true um so you guys making any moves off of this situation with paxton or just riding it out Writing it out. He's supposedly supposed to be back in the next 10 days. Yeah, so he should be back in time. Like I said, either that Houston series or the Texas one. He's, he's a matchup-proof guy. You're just going to start him there. So it's unfortunate, but that's where we're at with Paxton. All right, let's dive into uh, our, our main topic here. We're going to talk about uh, these final couple weeks, right? I think, Justin, you said you can't feel any shame in cutting guys at this time of year because you just have to make tough decisions, and you can't just go off of the long track record. You do have to get a little bit more short sample focused. So I want to talk about some new studs versus some established duds. And basically what we're looking at is second-half performances here of guys at each position, uh, more unexpected guys who are surging versus the established guys that you rely on who aren't coming coming together with their performance. So we'll look at some WRC Plus numbers as kind of the jump-off point, and then I'll give you guys some stats on what they're doing this year. Let's start behind the dish at catcher. And we have uh, Kurt Suzuki. Versus Wilson Contreras, Kurt Suzuki uh, for the season or for the second half has a 112 WRC plus. Not crazy, but it's uh, well higher than Wilson Contreras' 72 mark. And then if you look at just over the last 30 days, the split becomes even more devastating: 193 to 65. Wow. Kurt Suzuki's on one, and uh, Wilson Contreras cannot get anything going. He doesn't have a single home run in 84 plate appearances, nine runs, nine ribbies. Whereas uh, in 57 plate appearances, Suzuki has four homers. Seven runs, 10 ribbies. He is splitting time, but he's making the most of it when he does uh, hit. So, Justin, where are you going to go between Suzuki and Contreras coming down the stretch here? It's it's uh, Suzuki, and I don't think it's particularly close. Uh, I mean, if you look at Wilson Contreras, what he's done since August 1st, he has one home run since August 1st, and it was on August 1st. Wow. In that time, he has a 37-0 swing percentage. Uh, he's only making contact 68% of the time. Uh, it's not usually good contact. Uh, there's nothing in this profile that... He has nine homers on the year. Jeez, yeah. sorry to interrupt you, but that's crazy. Yeah, he, it feels... This it feels like a situation that if there we were in 
May or June, and he was doing this, that he'd get sent down. And yeah. I don't think the Cubs right now can just do that or, you know, afford no. to, you know, you know, send him out somewhere to, to work on stuff. But he definitely needs to rework something because it's, it's obviously just not working. And um, I, I think, yeah, I think you have to drop him and pick up a guy like Kirk Suzuki. Jason, you feel the same with Contreras versus Kurt Suzuki? It's weird looking at Contreras because if you look like, yeah, if you look across, like he's still getting on base in, in the exact same time, but the power, something's obviously not right for not him to all. just for this. Something's not right. We don't know what it is. Uh, something ain't right. Conversely, with, with Suzuki, my only concern at 35, he's definitely displaying the old man's skills at this point. A lot of fly balls, a lot of I mean, his pull percentage has gone up three straight seasons now. He's up to Big 53%. Season last year, yeah, he's gone 45, uh, sorry, 41, 45, 49, 53. And then his, his fly ball to ground ball, 1 3, 1 1, 1 0, 1 uh, 0 8, and then 0 8 again. Uh, and so we're, we're to the old man's skills again. And there's more risk associated with that continuing at his age. I do like that he doesn't play every day, he doesn't have to. He plays in the he plays in the matchups that are advantageous to him, and that's mm-hmm. not always right. I mean, let's not forget he platoons with another right-handed bat. Tyler Flowers, yep. <laughs> so it's a matter of which which type of pitcher is he? The guy that faces the power guys, the finesse guys, the guys that work up in the zone, the guys that work down in the zone. Clearly, Atlanta has something that they've been able to find with him and and get the the safe the safe play is Suzuki. The higher right. upside is going to be Contreras to me. Boy, I'm, and I'm saying this turn. why I'm eating pumpkin pie ice cream. My wife just brought me, so sorry. Oh, I'm jealous. Um, all right, let's move over to first base. This was the only one where where the established uh, dud uh, does have a uh, WRC plus over 100, just because his OBP carries in it. And and some of the more dud guys that were at the very bottom just they wouldn't be any competition for Tyler White. So I got Tyler White on the high end here, the new stud with a 183 WRC plus in the second half, one of the best in the league regardless of 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 anything versus Joey Votto who's got a 114. Uh and then you laser focus in on the last uh last 30 days and you've got 178 versus 115. So not only has it been a second half trend but even more recently uh they've kind of kept up the same sort of deal here Tyler White has seven homers in that 30-day span versus two for Votto. Now, Votto has missed time in that in that span, but even if you kind of gave him the same plate appearances, it'd probably be about seven homers to uh, three or four. It wouldn't really change things too much, and we know Votto's had a big power outage this year. Jason, I'll start with you on this one. Tyler White uh, has really forced himself into this Houston lineup. He's been a force for them uh, versus Joey Votto, who, you know, let's take out the fact that OBP League changes everything. Let's just go standard five-by-five five because we know that uh, OBP he favors Votto to at least keep him in the lineup. But in a standard five by five, you going white or Votto? I'm still going Votto. He still looks better in pants. I mean, we call him Joey tight <laughs> pants for a reason. Um, yeah, but in all seriousness, I mean, we're, we're Tyler White. We're we're about we're about a full season. Uh, a career his career number is 160 games played, 531 plate appearances, 23 home runs, 255 batting average. I mean, it's obviously backloaded. Uh, with uh, with 12 of the 23 coming this year, but this is a, it's a backloaded situation with his numbers. He's gotten progressively better each season, and that's what you want to see is that type of improvement. Walk rate up, strike uh, strikeout rate down. That's what we want to see out of it. That said, it, it's still not enough for me to ignore Joey Votto's track record. Now, am I going to take Votto where we've been taking him of late? No, but am sure. I going to jump up? Am I going to jump up? Uh, you know, White seems to be one of these guys. I mean, all he's done is hit. I, I agree. Uh, but I've been burned too many times by it's not even shiny new toy at this point. Just been burned so many times by, okay, this guy closed the year off. Let's write him up and give him this tremendous write up. He's going to be huge. And then everybody's paying a tax on him. And then Votto slides down. And then the guy at the end of the year, you're like, man, how did that guy win the league? Oh yeah. He bought Votto at a discount while I overpaid for Tyler White. No, I feel that Justin, how about you on uh, Votto versus white? Yeah, I'm with Jason on this one. I think, uh, if you look at when Votto returned from the, the DL and you compare that stretch uh, with, with Tyler White's, it's virtually the same production. White has a little bit higher average. Votto is a little bit higher on base. They both have two home runs. Both have, you know, well, one has 11 run, uh, RBI, one has uh, 13. Um, so give me the guy that has the longer track record uh, and yeah. also that I know is going to be in the lineup every day as, as well as White is hit. 
he's going to get days off because they're going to try to work in other guys into that. Well, plus they have the luxury of kind of being able to do that because they're not chasing down anything playoff wise. So they can kind of just say, let's get some rest here and there. So that makes sense. Uh, I think I lean with you guys on bottle as well, as much as I like what Tyler White's done. Let's move over to second base. One of the more disparate ones that we have here, especially when you do the laser focus of last 30 days. But for the second half, it's Adam Frazier at a 153 WRC plus versus Brian Dozier coming in with a cool 68. Not even can't even be nice. Can't even get one more point to be nice. But looking at it over the last 30 days, there's nearly a 100 point split, 130 to 37. And they have an equal number of plate appearances at 94. It's four homers, 15 runs, 14 ribbies, a stolen base for Frazier. One homer, nine runs, five ribbies, a stolen base for Dozier. 146 batting average, absolutely killing him. Justin, how do you feel about this second base battle between Adam Frazier and Brian Dozier for the rest of the season? I think I'm going Frazier here, and it's largely because the Dodgers are in a race, and they can't afford to keep running out a Dozier who is struggling the way he's been struggling. Yeah, because they have other guys, too. Like They, mm-hmm. they have such a deep team. Yeah. Plus, for me, the reason I go with Frazier as well is because he's showing some pop. If this was just like some batting average fueled speed go, run. Though? Yeah, I don't know. He's not running. Well, I guess he can't really run as much when you're hitting like doubles, triples, and homers. I know, but he used to be a guy that could like chip in you know, a handful of stolen bases. He's got one stolen base this year. It's, you know. Yeah, all year he just has the one. I don't know if his opportunities are down. I mean, because his OBP is up for Adam Frazier, but it, it, he's one for three. Is he's it, just never been that sharp, I guess, because he's ABs nine for four. His are, are way down, so maybe that's, that's what true, it is, too. Yeah. And he hasn't really started playing a lot until the second half. So, yeah, I'm going against uh, Dozier, too. I, I, I thought, you know, he spiked a little bit right when he got to L.A. And it was like, OK, here we go. We're going to get the second half Dozier. He just hasn't been there. Uh, Jason, do you feel differently? You're going to go with Frazier as well and sweep it. Not same thing going with Frazier. I mean, we look at the Dodgers. Their problem right now is not scoring runs. It's preventing them. I mean, they've yep. got a run. They've and got a run that. differential of 120 something. Dozier's got you not keep you're not keeping Dozier in there for his defense. Uh, nope. And so it's real easy to make the case like dude go sit on the bench we'll bring you in when you need a pinch hitter but uh playing time is premium the rest of the way frazier yeah i think that that's an easy one there for us let's jump over to uh shortstop and it gives me a chance to bring up aldoberto mondesi yes i found a way i will always find a way aldoberto mondesi has a 117 wrc plus in the second half which doesn't really highlight exactly what he does because he's a speed guy and he has a terrible obp uh but it's still markedly better than what Carlos Correa has done, which is a 30 WRC plus in the second half. And again, you look at the uh, last 30 days, it's very similar, 116 to 39. And uh, three homers, seven steals for Mondesi, one homer, zero steals for Correa. That's in the 30-day span. Correa just hasn't been right for a while. Jason, you're going to go against Carlos Correa for the uh, young buck in Mondesi, or are you going to have to stick with Correa? The easy cop-outs, depending on it, depends on need. If I need a couple of, if, depending on where my categorical needs need are, speed, yeah, it really comes down to that. I mean, that that's that has to be it. And then with the Astros, it's not like the Astros can put it in the cruise control because the A's. I mean, after the Rays sweep them this weekend, maybe the Astros could put the game in cruise control because then the A's will be six and a half back with two weeks left, and so they can't. But right now, the the, the Astros can't say, okay, we're going to win the AL West. They've got to keep winning unless they want to play that wild card. We're honestly, we're going to have, I, I truly believe we're going to have four 100 win teams in the playoffs in the American League. Isn't that wild? Isn't that four absolutely 100 wild? Win teams and, and, and not possibly, all division winners. And possibly a team with more wins than a division winner not making the postseason. It's oh, weird, yeah. The Rays it, or Mariners could outwin the Indians. Yeah. That's right. Well, well the, the Rays would be a playoff team pretty easily in the National League. Oh, they yeah. would. I mean, they would be uh, right on the tail of of the East and West division leaders right now, and in the wild card. Uh, yeah, this is why you don't. This game. is why you don't begin a season four and thirteen. It, it, honestly, you know, you, it's like oh, seventeen games. That's such a big deal, though. That's such they're, a big they're deal. They're like twenty games over. They're twenty games over five hundred since like Father's Day. It's such a brutal stretch to uh, to start that way. So. Yeah, I agree with you on on kind of having the cop out to say if I don't need the speed, I might just stick with Correa. But I love Mondesi so much. Here's the thing, though. For me, some of these guys that we're talking about, I can cut like a Dozier um, and, and even a Wilson Contreras. I can't cut. I can't cut Correa. So even if I do start Mondesi, it's to put Correa on the bench. 
among other things, don't lose eight games to Baltimore in a year. They're losing 110. Uh, so I digress. Cannot do that. All right, let's move on. Whoa, 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 uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Oh. I want to talk about Mondesi. Oh, my, my fault. I didn't let you in there. Sorry, my, my bad, my bad, my bad. Seven letters in his last name, seven walks in a season. There's something to be said about that. <laughs> there is something to be said about that. And, like, if you, you know, Todd Zola uh, tweeted out, I think, either yesterday or the day before, uh, like, if you prorated his season, which isn't, a, and he even said, it isn't, that isn't a sound practice to do. But if you prorated nope. out his season, 2060. his season would be 284, 21 home runs, 75 runs, 96 RBIs, 66 stolen bases. Uh, and then he, he summed it up with uh, kind of sounds like what we wanted from uh, Trey Turner. Now, I think he this is going to be a guy who gets way too much draft love, and I think he's going to go extremely high, uh, comparatively speaking, to probably where he should. But I, considering what he's doing right now, I don't know how you don't drop Carlos Correa for him. Like, I, I understand one. I, I got to drop somebody else. I got to drop somebody else. I don't I think you do. I, what has Correa Carlos done this year that makes you think that he's going to suddenly turn it around in the last two, three weeks of the season? Can't do it. Can't do it. Sorry. You have to. I'm sorry. You can must. cut somebody else. There's some. There's somebody else on the team to cut, though. That's the thing. Like, what team? What team do you have to cut Carlos Correa that you can't find somebody else? Come on. Would you rather? Would you rather cut Carlos Correa or Brian Dozier? Well, Dozier easily. Okay. Uh, let's see. I'm not good at coming up with things like off this off the top of my head. But uh, I, I think Correa, like, when are you going to feel comfortable putting Correa in your lineup? I just don't. He, he has a couple been, good games in a row. I mean, atrocious. He has, but uh, he has a couple good games in a row, and I, I'm feeling better about it or something like that. I just I have a hard time putting that name on the uh, on, on the waiver wire. I understand he's been bad. I understand it. I see it. Uh, I see it absolutely. But, um, you know, I think there's somebody else you can cut. Push come to shove, you can't. And you have to cut him. Maybe you do it, but uh, I do think there's another way around it. Let's move over to the third base one. Uh, another big uh, disparity here. This one might be a slam dunk for the uh, for the new stud, but um, I, I, I've struggled to find some some established duds. Uh, but Johan Camargo has been having a fantastic second half. He has a 140 WRC plus, hitting 299 with five homers, uh, versus Kyle Seager with just two homers, a 167 average, and a 52 WRC plus. That's in the last 30 days, by the way. The C, the the second half total is a 137 to 58. So again, very similar, um, where it's not just front loaded into the early part of the second half. They've both been having the same kind of split. Even more recently, Justin, between Camargo and Seager, you're going to dump Seager and, and ride with Camargo. I think I am. I just, I mean, as much as. I have always liked Seager because of uh, what we felt was a pretty high floor. Yeah. If he doesn't have that anymore, then how useful is he? I mean, he's not very – like, he's so bland. I mean, he's got his 21 homers, and I guess this is in the range of outcomes at the very low end with a 668 OPS coming off of a 773 last year, and he's a 766 career. But now we've seen seen considerable drops – in power and oh, it's average the last the last uh, two seasons. Yep, and so, and so that that high water mark of 2016 seems to be gone for Seager. Where, and he's got a contract through 2021, <laughs> plus an option. I mean, when they signed him, I thought, hey, you know, seven for a hundred with a guy like this, that's so steady, just a quality above average hitter. Maybe he was dealing with some nagging injuries this year because I don't know, man. I hope it's not just a skills degeneration, but he is 30. And so we'll see. Jason, are, are you sleeping this one and going for Camargo over Seager? I, I am going through Camargo. Easily. I mean, I've been I've watched way too many Braves games of late for some reason. I don't dude, know. Like, and I'm impressed. They're fun. I'm impressed they're with exciting, them. dude. I know, I know they're they are. fun to watch. Except for when pitchers hit, but that's why I go yeah, up yeah. and go take a leak. Um, but, hit, yeah, that, it, it's, it, it, it's not – I don't. If runners are on base and Seeker's up at the plate, I'm not sweating it. If runners are on base and Camargo's up there, I'm I'm worried. Yep. No, I to, I totally agree that. that I could go down to Atlanta for free this weekend one, and watch but baseball I games. Like Mark. They said evacuees evacuees can go down to Atlanta and watch baseball games for free this weekend. I'm like that'd be sweet if there's any Backing freaking the gas. If there's any gas to buy, I would do it. Well, yeah, that's true. You're gonna there's get no gas to buy. And I got my three dogs. I just can't just like, hey, go swimming. See ya. I'll be back. Um, <laughs> just leave the fam. Let them fend for themselves. They'll figure it right? out. That'd be right? good. <laughs> All right, let's I'll move to the outfield one. Game. 
because <laughs> I, I really like this outfield one here because um, I love this 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 new stud here, Ramon Laureano. Uh, what what a monster he's been. And of course, he got he got highlighted because of his defense. First, the the giant throw uh, in LA was just amazing. It's going to be on the highlight reels for all the end of season stuff. It's, I mean, that, we're going to be seeing that one for years. He's also had some other good plays. Another one that stands out was a, a big uh, throw out of George Springer at third. It's like, what the hell are you running for? He's had a 145 second half WRC plus versus AJ Pollock, who's had a 76. Now you look again, closer focus last 30 days. It's even more disparate. 170 to 56. Five homers, four steals for Loriano with a 296 average and good solid plate skills. His strikeout rate's a little high at 26%, but balanced by a 12% walk rate in that 30-day span. Pollock, two homers, a steal, 204 average, 56 WRC plus. Jason, between Ramon Laureano with the A's and Pollock with the Diamondbacks, who are you going for the, the last couple of weeks here? Oh, man, um, like, like I jokingly referred to earlier, the Rays are playing the A's this weekend. I need I need them to absolutely suck. Uh, <laughs> oh, for that, 18. Yeah, that said, I need them to suck the rest of the way. Uh, that said, uh, he's not going to suck, and I'd rather take Laureano the rest of the way here. I mean, is there's a really good article that, that Jeff Sullivan just put up like minutes ago. It's so new, it's not even on his player. If you go to his player page right now, it doesn't even show up. Ooh, that's then you fresh. look under you look underneath the new and it said the newest exciting Oakland Athletics, September 14th, 2018. So yeah, this thing's really, really new. But no, it's I, I'm gonna ride you gotta ride the hot hand. I mean, Oakland's just out of this world, and they're playing such an easy schedule after this weekend. I mean, yeah, they, they have got they've got garbage the rest of the way. They, just they really utter do. garbage. I think and they again, even play the Giants. Um so, and if you can get an easy <laughs> dude, when you when the schedule lines up like that, you play that garbage team. That is that is really yeah. nice. Um, this guy, Loriano, fits my mold. Uh, I just I love the the stud defenders who are going to keep themselves in the lineup because of their defense, and it's hard to get him out of the lineup right now. And in fact, the last time he didn't start was September third. Before that, it was August twenty fourth. I mean, he is full time player right now because his defense is so sharp, and the offense has been there as well. Pollock, you know, I, I'm curious. I wanted both of y'all's thoughts because I've always been kind of anti Pollock, and so I feel like sometimes I'm just kind of letting my bias creep in. But I'm going Loriano here. Justin, are you sweeping it? No, I'm not. I, I'm and idiot. I've, and I've been very well, so biased. Oh, wait, I've been no, uh, anti-Pollock too uh, <laughs> for for a long time. But he's healthy right now. He's playing every day. Uh, hit a home run last night. Stole a base the other day. Over the last two weeks, his numbers are just as good as Loriano. Um, and I, I just think that uh, give me give me the guy with the track record that I've seen. I've seen this uh, happen before. So. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Pollock. I think Scott, my point about tough schedule is the they've got Houston this weekend, then the Cubs, then the Rockies, then the Dodgers, and then the Padres to finish the season. That's what that's what Pollock has got. So he's got four that's good pitching got? staffs. Okay. That's what Pollock has, and then then Oakland has Tampa Bay this weekend. Then they have the Angels, then the Twins, and the Mariners, and then the Angels to finish the season. That's really nice, and and you know, heaven forbid. Uh, something happened with Paxton where he's not pitching in that final in that uh, September 24th to September 26th series. You're talking about six at Seattle at LA. You're not really running into a good pitcher in the whole lot there at that point. So uh, yeah, I like Oriano, but uh, I, I don't I don't shade you too much for going with Pollock because he is healthy and playing. So I just thought that would be useful to kind of talk about because again, I think that's the toughest decision that people have to make down the stretch is not cutting the you know wanting to cut these guys, but then feeling like it's such name value that they can't. But to your point with the Correa thing, like when are you going to feel confident? And if you don't ever have that confidence, we talk about this with pitchers a lot. If you can't start a guy on a two-start week, you need to cut him because then what the hell are you keeping him for? If you don't feel that, you know, two big games, like two two-for-fours with a homer and two doubles, if that's not going to get Correa back in your lineup, then it's time to cut him because you're not going to get enough of a sample. If, if that doesn't do it, if that small sample of two games doesn't do it, then nothing's going to because there just won't be enough time. So I, I hear I you on that think, end. I think there's like this idea that uh, you don't want to see a guy on someone else's lineup. Sure. Um, but but, but I think that's someone more, might not even pick him up. Well, and and 
that for me is more of like, okay, I don't want to drop this guy in June or July and see him on someone else's lineup for, you know, two months or three months killing it. You know, for the most part, if if I don't believe he's going to turn it around in the next two weeks, I'd rather see him so, sucking on someone else's lineup for the last two yeah. weeks. Yeah, like, someone will take a big name. Someone, That's the thing someone's too. going to grab yes, you know, a guy instantly. like Correa. Because they're going to be like, oh, Carlos Correa, holy crap, let me get him. And if they put him in their lineup and he gives them a bunch of one for fours and, and 0 for fives, I'm all in for that. So, no, I, I, fe- I feel you with that. And uh, I, I understand. I, like I said, for some reason, I just I love him so much. He's the tough one for me to cut, but uh, I, I get it on, on all the rest. it's hard to cut someone you may have taken in the first round. In and, the first, and, that's and some the links thing. won't let you. However, the rule that like uh, Corey Schwartz and Mike Ciano came up with was kind of a math problem about uh, since there's 26 weeks and there's about 26 rounds, you can kind of do the math of like, you know, how deep in the season can you cut certain player. This is the time where if he's not performing, you can cut your first and second rounder. So that, that's where we're at. You have to be more open to You have to get away from name value and long-term track record right now when you're chasing stuff, especially when your categories are tight uh, or when you're in a head-to-head league uh, because it's, it's really difficult. But uh, the, the right move could be cutting the name brand and, and, and getting some of these uh, off-the-radar sort of guys. So, guys, that's episode 600. I'm glad we were all able to get together. Jason, I need you to stay safe out there in Charlotte. Justin, can you get back off the DL, man, or the the day to day? Because I can't even DL you right now. Listen, you to get... uh, if you're I taking up go, a roster spot, bro. Uh, yeah. If I can just go uh, today and not make it three days uh, in the ER, um, I'll, I'll be happy. So, <laughs> well, I hope you feel better, and uh, I can't imagine that there's going to be much going on this weekend uh, because of the the health and uh, J- Jason dealing with the hurricane. So don't look for one on Sunday. We'll see if Nick and I can get together for the uh, for the fireside. But I'll talk to you guys uh, next week sometime. Hey, real quick. Um, yes. We got an email from Brent about first pitch in the podcast. Ar- already responded. Thank you. I like, just got there. it. I know. That's All why right. I didn't get the email. Oh. <laughs> All right, guys. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Yeah. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy Lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.